Hi, we are live, everybody. Welcome to After Hours. Joining me again, we have, you all know Corey, Mr. At Yamwax, joined us for the previous episode of Sports Cards Live. Corey, welcome back. I feel like I just saw you. <laughs> and see you. And welcome to my friend Stamatis Chatsis, also known as Ralph, also known as Wraparound Cards. We have his his um, Instagram handle on the ticker right now. Feel free to give Ralph a follow. We are having a few audio issues with Ralph, but uh, we're going to fight through those. Chris, good to see you. And Chris, thank you for the messages you were sending me during the last episode, letting me know about a couple of things. I did appreciate that. JPogs, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. So... This is after hours. This is more casual. I sit back. I don't worry too much about things. Um, e even Ralph's audio, I won't worry as much about as I would if this was the main episode. So it's a good thing we're having you on now, Ralph, and not earlier. I would have kicked you out of the studio, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, buddy. Oh, good. Just... Oh, there. We can hear you very well there. That was great. Uh, Chris says that guy's Gengar collection is absolutely insane. Yeah. So you tagged me on that. I'll, I'll check that out uh, later on tonight, Chris. Thank you. But I mean, that was, that was fun. Um, that last show, Ralph, you caught it, you caught bits and pieces of it, but Corey, thankfully you were there the whole time. And what I like to do in after hours is kind of just talk a little bit about the episode we just had debrief it somewhat. It might feel a little bit repetitive, but, um, you know, for me, the biggest, uh, I think sort of the biggest takeaways were that there really are a lot of parallels between Pokemon and sports cards. And really, the more I think about it, the more parallels I'm able to draw. And the more I learn about Pokemon, the more I'm able to make sense of it in my head under the construct of sports cards, which I have a very good understanding of. So it makes this foreign concept, this foreign product, it makes him more, um, it, it makes them more relatable to me, you know? So that was my biggest sort of takeaway from that last episode. And just really being able to pick your brain, Corey and Carnes as well was, was great. Good audience participation. So uh, thanks to both of you guys for that. Uh, how about you, Corey? Any kind of, did anything come out of that that was sort of, uh, you know, a takeaway for you or? Anything, anything stick out? Well, yeah, I really, I really hope that uh, that some of those connections resonate because I was just sharing the way that I think about it in ways that help me um, as I try to think of those parallels because I'm really a sports first and that was my origin as a young collector. Um, but yeah, as far as man, Karn, he has such a wide, broad knowledge of Pokemon. His knowledge of all of even the sets during sort of that dead era of Pokemon, really, really impressive guest, and I hope everybody checks that out. Um, but yeah, it was, it, I, and I thought you did a deft job too, Jeremy, of bringing people back. Cause sometimes Karn and I, even at my level, just two years in forget, you know, that TCG is not a term that everybody understands. WOTC, Wizards of the Coast. Um, so for those, you, you know, for those folks new to it, uh, it was just great for them to st take that step back and, and you don't. You know, I don't know when I'm just using acronyms that nobody else understands. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's uh, I say to all my guests on the regular show, usually I say, you know what? I say to everybody, listen, we're going to go live. You know, it's, the show is going to it's going to flow the way I run the show. And one thing is, let's not interrupt each other. I say to all my guests the night before, I say, I'm not going to interrupt you. Please don't interrupt me. And um, then I go on to say, but I will interrupt you if you say something that I think needs clarification, and that's one of them where, you know, people who are really ingrained in it, 
they, you know, WOTC, it's a new thing to me, but WOTC means Wizards of the Coast. TCG, trading card game. And as you learn new, new, you know, um, volumes of knowledge, you learn these, the, you learn the, the lexicon, if you will, or the vernacular, whatever you want to call it. And uh, so I found that, I found that interesting. But Ralph, you're, you've been on the show with me. Uh, you were on episode seven with me when I did the sale, the, 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 what do we call it? The sports card showcase where we had about 12 guys and we all took turns showing cards and cards that we had for sale. And you were on that with me way back. So it's been a while because that was like early May, early to mid May, I believe. So welcome back to the show. And I want to hear about, uh, I want you to just tell us a bit about your Pokemon experience. But before you do, I want to say hi to my buddy Darcy. Darcy's in the house. Darcy's one of my oldest and best hobby friends. So Darcy, great to see you joining us. Thank you so much. Darcy's in on the, on the, Pacific Coast, so it's earlier for him. He's basically just finishing lunch right now. So, Darce, welcome to the show. Chris says the show was pretty interesting to hear regarding first edition. That stuff sold out of shops in a month or two of the first of the TV show launching. So, popular product. But Ralph, let's turn it to you. Like, um, tell us a little bit about your. You know, I, I've known I've known you, Ralph, from the Toronto Expo. We've met there in person. You're a sports card guy. You collect Yarmur Yager cards, Hall of Famer. Um, but you're also into Pokemon, and uh, that's why we've talked a, a lot more lately is because I've been interested in it. So what? tell us a bit about your history and how long have you been into Pokemon, and uh, and how do you see it kind of similarities and differences with sports cards? Yeah, so I, I started collecting uh, Pokemon since Unlimited. So when I was growing up, uh, Unlimited was releasing. I never opened up any uh, shadowless packs. It was all when uh, unlimited shadow cards started coming. So I busted a, a lot of packs growing up of that, uh, a few booster boxes. Um, over the time, like I've acquired the like first edition set of, uh, of Pokemon PSA nines and then the Charizard is an eight. But um, yeah, I've never had the opportunity to open those uh, those packs. I wish I, I did at the time. Um, now it's like nearly impossible to find a pack yourself, right? So other than that, like as the year started coming, then Jungle started coming, and then again, first edition, non-first edition, and then Fossil. So it was just a, a revolving uh, of new product. So it was new Pokemon, new people being added, Right, which was a, a good taste. People? people? Our... Sorry? You said people, new people being added, or do you mean characters? Like characters, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, so new characters being added, uh, putting a new taste uh, into uh, the collector's mouth, right? Which is good because you don't want to keep on seeing the same stuff, right? And then they released a base set too, which was a little mixture between Unlimited and a little bit of Fossil, a little bit of Jungle. And then they started with Team Rocket, et cetera. So they kept on going for a few years. So I think by the time it reached, I think it was Neo Destiny. Then I started to slow down a bit. And that's when I started to collect hockey. Because my, my brother would collect it when I was collecting Unlimited. I never really understood it. Right, like he would get the inserts. He's like, "Oh, check out this Gretzky or check out this Messi. It looks so cool," and I would get it, but I just didn't understand because I was playing the Pokemon game back then, right? So yeah. it didn't make any sense. But then, as as time came, 
And then I started to, to see autos and then memorabilia being added into jerseys. I found that a bit of a, a neat touch, right? So I started collecting inserts. I started with inserts first. I collected a lot of Yager inserts, and that's all that I would collect. And then I think by the time, I think in 09, 010, was when I started collecting uh, a lot more heavier, like started going with the eBay market and so forth. So it started getting a lot more heavier. I started to, I actually sold all of the Yager inserts and went towards like memorabilia patch autos. I started fo focusing just on that. Um, I can't remember what year Yager came into memorabilia patch autos. I think it was 010. 11, I think was his first year that he was introduced into the cup. And yeah, ever since then, I just started being heavy on all, on all Yager related stuff that I could get my hands on. Uh, right now it's, it's very tough about, trying to find. What about in, but, terms yeah. of, in terms of Pokemon, you have the full first edition set you said? Yeah. So I have the complete hollow set. The I have the complete hollow set. So that's the first 16 cards with the Charizard. So that's that's an amazing. You have the PSA 8. What's that What's that PSA 8 worth right now? I haven't really looked at the market, to be honest with you. But it, How about, Corey, what do you think? I haven't tracked the 8s. I'm really looking at 9s and 10s for yeah. the most part. But um, the 9s are in the upper five, you know, mid to upper five figures right so now. So the 8s got to be. You know, we know the 10s. So the, the 8s mm. got to be at least $10,000 right now, doesn't it? probably 20-ish yeah 20-ish yeah yeah so so um ralph you you have that set but um what about like so when we talk about jungle and fossil those are the first expansions that came on that built onto the first base set do you have those sets as well yeah so we have so i have a, I have first edition i just completed uh, my first edition jungle set follows okay so those are all nines i just finished that and then the fossils those are mixtures of nine and eight Okay, so you have all that stuff. Yeah. But, Guys, uh, I would say, Ralph, I would just part. say what the way you're collecting is so savvy um, because you do see tens are nearly impossible in some of these sets right now, depending depending on your budget, of course. There's some very wealthy people out there. But for the rest of us, um, looking at eights and nines, there's that is a savvy move, and there is absolute value retention, I believe, in, in eights and nines as well. Jeremy, just like we are talking about with when it comes to if you're looking at more vintage cards or even in that nostalgia zone, that 80s, uh, 1986 Fleer and so on, there's people are happy to collect eights and nines, and uh, those are incredible cards, uh, yeah. still low pops. That, that is cool. I, I, I'd like to think that I, you know, I'm, I'm certainly priced out of a PSA 10 first edition Charizard, I'm, I'm priced out of a, a PSA 9, if that's like a $50,000 card. But as far as the PSA 8, even, even PSA 8, 10,000. I mean, there's so many sports cards I would put 10 grand into before I'd put it into the a, a Charizard PSA 8, or especially $20,000. I don't know where that card falls in there right now. Um, but that might not be the smart move in terms of investing, but I'm a collector in you know deep down, so... You know, would I rather buy finally acquire my my fifty one Bowman uh, Willie Mays rookie that I've been coveting for ten years, or would I would I pick up a PSA eight Charizard that I've only been coveting for four months? It's 
probably the Willie Mays is where I would go. Because again, I, I I follow the collect what you like mantra very closely. And when it's when you're talking about a big chunk of dough like that, it can only go into one place, right? It can't go into two. So I'd probably go with the sports card, I would think. Uh, Rich makes a comment. I remember those early Pokemon years. It was hard not to be collecting the cards as they were all over the schoolyard, right? I mean, I'm too old to remember that. But, boy, I was I was saying, I don't know who I was saying it to earlier today, maybe Karn, maybe my family, that, boy, uh, maybe you, Corey, last night. I just, I, I sure wish I noticed Pokemon or... You know, when I downloaded the Pokemon Go app on my phone four or five years ago, whatever that was, I wish I did, man. I did. I wish that I and I knew I knew, but I was just too into sports cars. I wish I would have put more money in and just even protect myself from FOMO, you know, go buy a few of these just in case. But I didn't. I didn't do that. Canadian Collector 21. Hello. Hope you're having a fantastic night. It's been a fun night so far. Thank you for joining us this evening. Good to see you as always. So, I mean, we got a couple things we can talk about tonight, guys. There are a couple topics, uh, Corey, that, you know, you and I had planned out that we didn't really get to in that last episode, that being kind of like, you know, will the nostalgia be there in 20 years? How do these characters remain relevant when they're not out there scoring 50 points a game in basketball or they're not throwing 30 touchdowns this season or scoring 35 goals in hockey or, you know, hitting 60 home runs, whatever these numbers are, how, how will they remain sort of relevant and will they be nostalgic in 20 years and we did say in the last show that you know whatever kids are into now will be nostalgic 20 years down the road for them and they'll have more money down at that point in time but will they continue to be interested between now and then and what's going to make that what's what's going to keep that going so i mean you know I guess, Ralph, you're newer to the show tonight. I'll start with you on this. Like, how are they going to, how are these, let me just preface all this by saying, I think that Pokemon is here to stay. I think it's got a hundred years in it. hundred years. I legitimately believe that. Um, just like I think Spider-Man and Batman and all those, all the Marvel heroes have this X-Men. These guys aren't going anywhere. I think the same applies to Pokemon. But all that said, they still need to, keep us interested how 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 do they do that ralph what do you what do you think well the well uh, at first they they start with the with the tv series of course right and of course uh just on how they um how they produce all the stuff over air and what's new to come out like to me on how i on how i think it in person like when i come to the when i come to the expo right i see the vintage boost right who hangs around the vintage booths? The older people. I love the stuff. I go there. It all comes down to the diversity of the individual and keep your mind open to whatever is available, not just to what's there now. You have to think about for the years to come. So like for instance, like let's say Charizards, like the unlimited Charizards, what are they going to be worth 20 years, 40 years from now, right? That's what we're trying to think of. And you look at vintage, where it's vintage now. They sit at a very expensive pay on the plate, right? Like a Gordie Howe rookie. I'd love to have a Gordie Howe rookie. But it's really pricey because it's vintage and it's nostalgic. It looks beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of cardboard. I love it. 
I love it. Yeah. But that's what it comes down to. It all comes down to the nostalgia, as you said, as what Buddy was saying before, the memories on school, right? People are trading all the time. I had a teacher when I was in the fifth grade. This, this guy was selling Pokemon cards at recess. He bought boxes. He was selling it to students. He was trading. He had the best cards. You're laughing. He had the best cards. He had everything. His name was Mr. Woods. Okay, I, I swear, if I found him, I want to know what he still has. Yeah. I want to know what he still has. Like, he had everything. It was so crazy. But, like, back to, like, what we were talking about. They're making new, they're making new characters as time evolves. So it all comes down to the community on the new characters that are being released. If we're going to enjoy them, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Right? Can you make can you make epic characters like you did back in 1999? Yeah. Can you still do that, or is it is it going to change all all together? So like they're doing hype, they're doing hyper rares, right? They're doing they're doing uh, variants of GX. So what's the next new thing? They're, they're just trying to just find different ways on how to approach it to make it beautiful for us to enjoy. That's what it is. It's, it's what makes us enjoy the product. I was laughing. I was laughing because it, I'm just envisioning this teacher of yours selling cards and trading cards with his students in, in recess. But I, I know that during the lesson, he just can't wait to trade because he's probably very passionate about these Pokemon cards, right? I can I can see that for sure. I want to do a couple of questions and we'll come to you, Corey. But uh, Dan Silvershine says Hurricane Sandy claimed my three full first edition base sets from my parents' basement. Dan, I'm sorry to hear that. That's devastating. And I also want to thank you for the comment that you left on the last show after I ended it. I did see it, but I, I couldn't put it on screen because it was late. But thank you very much for that. Chris says Pokemon is going to keep churning out the TV shows and video games, as long as it's profitable, it's one of the biggest, most profitable franchises of all time, and that makes perfect sense to me. And then he goes on to say, Ralph's school sounds like my school up until he said Mr. Woods. So, yeah, what, what, uh, Corey, I could kind of see your, I could see your mind racing and you're, you know, you're getting smiley. What, what resonated with you and what Ralph was saying? It did. Well, a couple things. One, Ralph talked about the schoolyard, and it's interesting to hear the stories come out, and, and boy, Sorry to hear about the hurricane situation, but of people that got uh, traded, some would say cheated, out of their best cards when they were kids. And these stories are popping up left and right. I had a great card and I traded it for some junk. Um, and maybe the some other kid I don't like anymore has it. Uh, so it's funny stories like that. But as far as uh, the resonance continuing, relevance continuing, um, I look at my son's Christmas list. Right at the top is Sword and Shield, the latest, you know, some of the latest Pokemon video games. Uh, he wants those. And that's what drives the, you know, the, the collectability of the cards as well. Um, if, if you look at the IP, I mean, it's not just the largest IP of the last decade. It's the largest IP of this year, of last year, you know, as far as uh, internet, that property goes. And that IP isn't on the cards. Like, let's get that straight. It's on video games media, movies, TV shows, just as Ralph said. And if they can continue to do that, um, it's great. Another thing Ralph had mentioned as far as the characters have to continue to be relevant. And I immediately thought of sports. You know, we look to our draft classes to really drive collectability, and that's probably true. I think existing characters can sustain relevance for maybe a couple of years, but if they don't continue to innovate or re release a new 
parallel or interesting art version of our favorite characters, then you could see it possibly dwindle. But I think there will always be uh, appreciation of some of these greats. And it's interesting to see your kids, like my son, even though he likes some of these modern characters, he knows entirely that the original Charizards and Pikachus are really important. And that's not just for me. So when they put out a new product each year or multiple products each year, are there, is it exciting for the community, for the collector community or the game player community? Is it exciting for them to see who the new characters are? Like, or, or do they look more to the, the abilities and the powers of these characters in the game? Like, do they look forward to the art? Do they look forward to the names they're given? Do they look forward to the powers they're given or the gameplay? And do they put out new characters in each set? Is that is it a focus for them, them being the manufacturer or the owner of the of the game? Um, it, as Karn had talked about that there's these different, uh, the term escapes me, but the different editions were on the 18th, you know, release of Pokemon, and those usually will come out with new characters. It's not necessarily every set has new characters, um, but. Yeah, it seems like it seems like his art. I, honestly, there do seem to be more collectors and investors than game players these days, and what I'm seeing. Um, so they do the the excitement seems to come out of really cool cards, interesting characters, really neat variations. Like there's a Japanese version of Pikachu right now that's uh, really popular. Even people in the United States are importing it because he's so cool. He's a gigantic like King Kong style or Godzilla style. Pikachu and they show him in a soccer stadium where he's eclipsing the entire thing and I gotta admit he's a pretty big chonker uh, and really cool Pikachu that I would kind of like to have I haven't gotten one yet but I wonder if next year they're going to introduce something like that in the United States and people would go crazy because it's a iconic character and a really neat variation um, so it, it seems to be the art and and limited limited runs certainly uh, are popular too anytime there's a limited Charizard uh, that drives a lot of interest in these in these sets. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Ralph, anything? Uh, any comments on that? Or yeah. So I think, like, as per the name, I don't really think it's really particular for people to really care about the name. They got so many different names; they can just make up whatever name that they want. We'll like it as long as we like the artwork that they have behind it, right? But like, a lot comes down to what people enjoy about the card is. Is A, does it look good? And then B, does it play good? Because it's a trading card game, right? So yeah, there's, there's even like some low, there'll be like some garbage card, but yet the ability that it has, it's so good, it's used in almost every deck, right? So that also comes down to playability and for people to enjoy. That's why you find a lot of cards that are older, it's very hard to find them in a good condition because they were played. They were played a lot. Like yeah. like the Dragon Frontiers Charizard, that was played a lot. So like you don't really find you don't find a, a lot of higher grades of that. You normally find it very low in particular, just because of the circulation of that card. Because a lot of times, like as time went on, like Charizard, you were able to play him without even evolving him you can just lay him down on the mat and you can just go ham right so like as i said it all comes down to how they play the card and uh and how they destined it to just play yeah. overall and i think i think the another you know in 
in in terms of keeping this the whole thing relevant, you know, the art is very important. I feel more important to me than playability because I'm not a game player. Although I would like to play the game just to understand it. But um, you know, you look at some of these these Charizards that I've seen come out recently. This Rainbow Super Rare, or whatever Rainbow VG Max, whatever it is really nice looking cards obviously they're just made up characters but they're still really nice the art is certainly there it's evolution of a of an iconic character it's pretty cool and i've noticed that with with a character called mewtwo there's i've seen some uh, some different versions of that character and what i'm noticing is what they're doing is that they're they're taking what what in the base set was a very rudimentary picture really the art isn't that you know it's not that spectacular. It's cool and it looks great, but it's not that elaborate. But now they're making it much more elaborate, and they're they're making the characters seem bigger. You know, it's Pokemon stands for Pocket Monsters, which I think most people know. And really, they're small. They look small on those first cards, but now they're starting to look a lot bigger on some of these newer cards. And I see that as one of the ways that they're evolving and keeping it it interesting. Um, I want to go to some comments here for a second. Uh, Chris says, my old neighbor has like five first edition booster boxes of stuff somewhere in their house, multiple Charizard. That, 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 that's what could blow up some populations over time. Um, I'm sure I know who you are, but I can't tell. Great shirt, Jeremy. Thank you very much, guys. This is my, I'm dressed up as a dork for Halloween. It's very fitting for me. I, and I, I had this shirt made many years ago because I thought it was funny, but, uh, but I'm I'm proud to be a dork. Me and me and Amit, we call it we're cardboard nerds, and and I'm okay with that 100. percent But this is just fun for Halloween. I broke out this shirt. First time I've worn it in a long time. Um, Chris says, "Yeah, there's always hype around new characters. The names, the themes, the art makes great sense." Legion's in the house. Legion, welcome to the show. Missed you in the earlier episode, but glad to see you here tonight. Chris has let's go. Let's go to this one first. One of my favorite Pokemons is the newest in the newest game is an evolved version of a first generation Pokemon named Farfetch'd, who is a duck with a green onion. <laughs> he his evolved version is Surfetch'd, Surfetch'd, and he has an even bigger onion league trim to where his green top is his shield and the sock is his sword. That's pretty funny. One generation there was a garbage themed Pokemon named Trubbish that evolves into Garbador. Like these are funny names, Trubbish, Rubbish, and Garbage. Like, that's funny. Thought you were going to be Teppo Newman on for Halloween. Yeah, I could have put on my Teppo Newman in Jersey, which is right there. But I'm wearing my dork shirt instead. Corey, any uh, any comments from you before I start? To, when, maybe I'm going to start opening some cards. That'd be great. When we hear all these names, um, you realize the diversity of Pokemon and all the avenues you have to invest in it. At this point, we're over 900 different Pokemon characters. And a lot of us just focus on that first 151, but... You know, we talked about Eevee having 15 different evolutions. There are so many avenues to go as a collector. That's really interesting. That's a figure I've never heard before, is you just told us how many Pokemon characters there have been so far, and you said 900 and something. That's a big number. Yep. That's a big number, right? I mean... And there's popular, like, so when I first got into this, actually not first, but maybe a month ago, me and Ralph got on a FaceTime and I said to him, listen, I need to know the top three cards from every set that's come out, you know, up until the more recent ones. And so we went through it and it's been sort of like my, my guide here, here, here's my notes from that, from that discussion. 
And um, so I've got, you know, Jungle, Fossil, The Base, Team Rocket, Jim Heroes, Jim Challenge. These are all the different sets that came out in the early days. Like, and when we say these, even on the prior episode, it's like, we're talking about them like everyone understands what they are. But, you know, again, I'll say for people that don't know, you had the base set, then you had the expansions, Jungle, Fossil, Team Rocket, I believe, which I don't like the looks of Team Rocket cards. And then you had Jim Heroes and Jim Challenge, which kind of made these all these characters as like owned by another human type character like Blaine's Charizard or, or Erica's Venusaur. I'm not a big fan of those cards, but then you get into the Neo Genesis set and the Neo Discovery set. And that's where I really start to like these things. I think they're really cool. Um, and then it just goes on and on with other sets that came out, but uh, interesting stuff. Um, glad to have you guys hanging out with me now. Um, totally. So I've got Jeremy, some- can I ask? Can yeah. I ask you a question? Have you Please. pulled a Charizard yet from a sealed pack or box or a, a chase card? I yeah, haven't. I oh, are you asking me or Ralph? You're well, asking. I was me. asking Jeremy first. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I've I've never opened a single pack of Pokemon. All I've done is bought a few singles on eBay. I haven't. Yeah. How about you, Ralph? Yeah, I've I've pulled my first share. Like as, yeah. as a kid, I grew I probably pulled maybe like 15 20 in my time and only have like from the just the unlimited i think i have like four hanging around yeah from all those years yeah I, but like funny thing like sorry so like cory like as you're um, saying so cory so as you were saying before like like with evie right on how how big evie has become how many evolutions evie does have I was speaking to Jeremy last time and I was telling him how uh, Evie is is very liked in the Pokemon community, but doesn't get what people don't understand is there should be a lot more attention towards the specific Pokemon, like especially like with with Jolteon, Flareon, Vaporeon. Those are the first three evolutions of Evie that was introduced into jungle. Like that should be the net the next card to boom like if you look at the market like you can get them fairly good priced like it's like people don't even know that jungle even exists hmm. and like i think it's about to make a turn because people don't because you can see like umbreon look at umbreon umbreon psa 9 first edition right over a k over 1000 will probably go right espion probably same thing and those were released after the first three main. So, but you, the night, the cool thing is that you can is that you can buy these cards. You can buy them in first edition. Like I and Chris make Chris makes the comment here that one of the cards Jeremy bought is an evolution of Eevee. I bought the Umbreon in the mm-hmm. PSA nine, and you know I I bought it because I thought it's a cool card, and uh, I didn't know it was part of the Eevee evolution chain, but. I bought it because I just thought it was a cool card that had potential because it's so nice. I'm hoping it's I'm hoping that it's in that it's one of these here, but I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But um, well, I, Jeremy, I wanted to say yeah. that I pulled my first Charizard at 45 years old, and I had heard people talk about you know because I didn't grow up with this. I collect with my kids, right? And I'm not really a sealed wax guy in general, but I'm trying to put together sets of this really old niche uh, product, the 1997 Tomy um, pack here. So I opened a pack like this, and uh, it's cool, cool packs. 
and I'm trying to complete a set of it, and all I needed left was the Charizard. And so I even recorded myself doing that. I don't have the video up right now, but watching it again, I freaked out, you know, like I really, really did. And the experience yeah. of it, I know a lot of people from their childhood have that seared in it. And if I could freak out that much at 45 years old to be that excited to have pulled a Charizard from a pack, I get it now. I get it why people, you know, really cling to this and, and have to have some of these cards. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Joe jumps in. He says it's helpful to cross-reference ways that collectors direct their interests. We can all learn from each other. That's a good point. Definitely agree with that. Are those Tomies the square stickers? No, they're not square stickers. They're scratch-off cards. Um, here's the Zard that I pulled. So it's it's a regular card. It's a hollow. And then the backs have panels that you can scratch off. They're really rare um, to find unscratched because in gameplay, kids would destroy these cards, scratching them off uh, to, to reveal their moves. So it's a, it's a unique set, hard to find. Very cool, very cool. Okay, well, we've got, we're gonna do, we're gonna go for probably about an hour here, guys. We got, we're already 33 minutes in. It's crazy how the time goes by so fast when you're doing these lives. Rich says, Yam, love the excitement with the Charizard pull, right? It's all, that's what we love. It's, uh, it brings out the kid in you. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're 5, 15, or 45 years old, right? It's just fun to open packs. Yeah. It always is, always is. So guys, this is after hours. It's a chill. It's a chill show. I try and keep it really casual. And um, so, as I mentioned, I've got these three stacks of cards. And I, I was thinking about doing like a, a just a video, just a, like a mail day video. I've never done one before, and putting that up. But what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to open them here, and then I'll do another maybe another mail day video separate and release it on a shorter, simple uh, video on YouTube where it's again just the mail day. But hey, we're live here. And um, I've been sitting on these packages here for a few days now and um, can't wait to see what, what all is here. And obviously, you know, it's all cards that I've, that I've purchased, but they go, they go, I have a mailing, my, my brother lives in Arizona, so I send a lot of stuff to him and then he sends it up to me every time I ask him to, you know, every, whatever, three or four months. So I'm going to dive in and let's see what we got here, all right? And you guys know I, I collect a lot of different things. I collect vintage, modern, parallels, inserts, funky cards, um, all sports, and now some some Pokemon stuff. So first card, first card. And this is me. This is me being very, um, you know, all about me right now, guys. So I apologize. But thanks for hanging out with me. Uh, so the first card I'm going to show is a from Upper Deck Ice. This is the Sub-Zero Gold Austin Matthews, who's one of the, you know, bigger superstars in the league. This is numbered out of eight. So this is pretty rare, and the numbering is just right, right there, right by my finger. But anyway, this card is numbered uh, four of eight. So pretty cool, rare Austin Matthews card. Now you've all you introduced me. You introduced me to those. I think they're really cool. I've gotten a couple in hand. I picked up two McKinnon of eights, and they're they're sweet cards. There, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. Except that I'm, I, you know, I would prefer me to buy them, but I'm happy to, to share them around for sure. I'm uh, done for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so Upper Deck, uh, they do these employee exclusives every year where I guess they, they give whatever they are to their to their uh, staff. And they do these PM Precious Metal Gems. So this is uh, hockey, Kale McCarr. This is numbered out of 250. And um, he was Rookie of the Year, I believe. Was it him or Quinn Hughes? I think it was McCarr got Rookie of the Year. He's a defenseman for Colorado. This is It's not a limited card. It's numbered out of 250. 
but it's still uh, a, a cool, you know, his, he's got uh, his, his upper deck young guns, Ricky card is, you know, how many are printed five to 30,000, who knows? And I don't even know what it sells for because I don't watch it, but I can tell you it probably sells for three times what I paid for this card. That's got a ton of brand equity behind it and is way cooler looking and uh, was much cheaper, much more rare as well. And then essential credentials. Everybody knows, well, I don't say everybody, a lot of people know about essential credentials. They were made famous in the 90s. And then um, Upper Deck makes them for hockey too. So I picked up, this is the Mike Bossy version from 2014. And this is numbered out of 11. So, and again, these are you, these don't cost that much, which is a good thing, I guess. <laughs> uh, this is a Wayne Gretzky. This, this card, this is how this card comes. To show you how they this guy mailed this card to me one of these snap tights with barely sealed with a piece of foam which is nice that there's foam there but it's a wayne gretzky fanimation which oh, came cool. actually goodwin champions it's actually the second copy of this card that i picked up i think it's really cool hey anything that wayne is cool. cool yep thanks guys thank you mm -hmm. i collect these this is a cool card i love these um 0506 cup so it's like you know the equivalent of exquisite but for hockey and uh 0506 was the first year that they put it out and this is the base patch parallel out of 10 of brian trottier who won four stanley cups with the islanders a couple with pittsburgh and um maybe player and as coach i'm not i can't remember right now but a really cool card only 10 of these made tough to find multi-colors and uh anyway i love i love these cards that really looks like one point eh? Yeah, very nice. Yeah, very good. I'm almost at 300 cards from this little uh, collection of mine. Another uh, e another essential credential is the Mario Lemieux out of 35. Pretty cool. That's from Flair Showcase, right? These are from Flair Ultra, 2014-15 Flair Ultra. Yep. Sweet. Here's a card that I bought. It was kind of outside my wheelhouse, but I grabbed it. So, you know, we get these young guns every year, and then they put out the high gloss, which is the the parallel out of 10. So I bought this uh, Philip Forsberg. It's a PSA 10 high gloss out of 10. I kind of regretted it after because I thought, oh, did I overpay? I don't know. It's not really, it's not a card I bought for my personal collection. I bought it more as a, you know, flip it down the road sort of thing. And I, ah, so we'll see in time how I did, but you know, he's a good player. He just plays on a team, plays on Nashville, a team that doesn't get much hobby love. This is a, another one of those cup cards out of 10, but this is from 2012. Johan Franzen, just a two-color, but they're, these are tough to find because they are rare, and I collect them pretty hard. So someone asked in the last episode, who's a better investment, Mbappe or uh, Luca? And I only have one Mbappe card. I bought it simply because of the run-up and all the excitement. I thought, I got to get an Mbappe card. I'm not going to go spend thousands on a prism. So I bought this card. Uh, I don't really know much about it, but I bought it. 2018 Panini World Cup stickers gold in a PSA 10. So uh, it's a 2018 FIFA World Cup card. Oh, it's got some label on the back but 2018 uh world cup of what does that say fifa world cup that must have been played in russia so my one and only soccer card actually my only soccer card that i own is right there and then and stickers they're tough to gem so that's pretty good they are right for sure. sure yeah 
These next two cards are basketball. If there's any basketball people watching, you're you're gonna. I think you'll appreciate the second one for sure. But this first card is a 1996 Flare Showcase Legacy Collection Rose Zero, numbered out of 150. Shaquille O'Neal, really cool card. PSA eight, so tough tough to get these in good condition. But the next card is a bit of a beast of a card. I'm just noticing that the slab has like, I don't know what's got on it. Like, oh, okay, it's coming off like gum or something. Thanks a lot, seller. But this is a wicked card. 1997 Ultra Star Power Supreme PSA 10. If this was Michael Jordan, this would be a monster. It's still a monster. It's Kobe Bryant. This is a big wow. card. This is, this is a really awesome card. And Congrats. yeah, thanks. Love it. Love this card. And I bought this a while ago, so it finally came. Like it's is that a die cut? It is die cut. Yeah, it's die cut right here. Wow. And it's awesome. just it it this is the third, like this card comes in three different levels. It comes in the, the regular, the plus, and the supreme. And uh I have the Jordan and the plus, and I wanted the Jordan and the Supreme, but that a seven sold a couple nights ago. Or last night or the night before, for four thousand, over four thousand bucks for a seven Jordan. The tens got to be what twenty, thirty thousand bucks now. This was not that much, but it was still it, it was it wasn't cheap. But great card, probably the biggest card in these. I think likely the biggest card of, of everything I'm about to show. You guys okay? I still got two more stacks. So if people want to see yeah, this. I'm glad you're tuning in. Getting anticipated here. What's that? We're getting anticipated to see what you're going to unveil. Well, if anyone's curious as to what I'm buying, this is a good a good look into it because this covers uh, several months of purchases of everything that I was just made more sense to get it shipped to my U.S. mailing address. So, okay. Ooh, I love those basketball oh. cards. Those were those are terrific, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, okay. Oh, there's some there's some Pokemon. There's my first Pokemon cards in in hand. First Pokemon's in hand. Okay, I'm gonna start off with uh, this card because it go. This is the Quinn Hughes from that same set that I showed the Macar from. So I'll start with that out of 250 as well. I picked this up because it's Wayne Gretzky. It's a BGS 95. It's a Cup base card. It's out of 240. So it's a base out of 249. It's from 2016, but it's just a. I was a BGS 95, and these it wasn't expensive. It was I don't know 30 bucks maybe something like that. But I picked it up. I thought it was a cool card. So I've never pulled a Charizard from a pack, but I do have a Hidden Fates PSA 10 full art card Charizard. This is the first one I've ever shown on camera that is mine. And it is a really nice looking card. I know it's there are other ones like the rainbows and that, but that, that just shows how big and intimidating this character is. And then with it, I picked up what I thought is an even cooler looking card is this Mewtwo, which I don't know much about, but I just thought it was a cool. I mean, these two cards together, they just, the different colors, they just look cool. And like, uh, this was like 150 bucks and this was like 50 bucks and they're both PSA 10s. What's that you were just showing, Ralph? Charizard, is that similar to this card? It's a it's a it's a promo it's a promo Charizard. Promo, okay. Promo. Can't really you're tough to hear you there, but I heard you. Okay. Next up, I you know, 
Prism has gone ballistic, and uh, I picked this card up because it's like you got to have one. Sidney Crosby, 2012 Prism, the first year of it. This is numbered out of 25 in a 9.5 holder. I thought, yeah, I'll snag one of those. Got to have one numbered on the back out of 25. You can sort of see it there somewhere. Anyway. That's licensed too, right, Jeremy? It's licensed? It it is licensed, yeah. Panini had the the license back then. Yeah. What a beauty. Yeah, that's a real cool card. Um, and here's another basketball card. This is this is a another really awesome card. This is a 1998-99 Skybox Molten Metal Fusion Titanium, meaning it's numbered out of 250. Again, of Shaquille O'Neal, who I collect. You know, I collect Jordan and Shaq mostly with some other players as well, like some Kobe's and that kind of thing. But this is really cool because you know you, it's not showing up very well, but it's kind of like the there you go oh, it's crazy. got it's it's got the, the the laser etched which it really does actually look like him when you hold it up to the light so that's a pretty cool card those are very cool and then i uh i like from opichi platinum they, which is you know kind of hockey's version of prism with all the parallels i collect uh I, they do the golden treasure one of ones and so I pick up which when when I can when I'd like the price. So this is the Elias Elias Pedersen, not a rookie card. This is the 1920 set, but this is the Golden Treasure 101, and he's a big, he's an important player. He's like the superstar on the Vancouver Canucks, up up and coming. They got they're a deep team, but this is a pretty cool card. Happy to add that one. And he the guy threw in a regular card. I didn't even buy this one, but he threw that in as well. So. There you can see the 101 Golden Treasures, which is like the gold vinyl in basketball and the actual base card. So thanks to that seller for that. I love the that, throw-ins. What's that? Throw-ins. I love the throw-ins. They're always fun, especially if it's the same player. Yep. You have yep. to taste the rainbow now. What's that? You have to you put that base in there so you can chase the rainbow. Right. <laughs> so I showed the Shaquille O'Neal. But I also picked up the, from 1999 Skybox Molten Metal Fusion Titanium, which is out of 50, Cal Ripken Jr. I thought this was such a cool card. And when you compare the prices of base, and again, I bought these cards in like, I don't know, May or June. So this was, I think, um, just the prices of basketball of baseball compared to basketball for some of these rare nineties inserts, it's just night and day. So, you know, if this was Michael Jordan, it's 50,000 bucks, 40, 30, 40, 50 grand. If it's Cal Ripken, it's not even a thousand dollars. And Cal Ripken is a guy that I don't mind having in my collection. So there's that one. And then I, I'm going to let the secret out of the bag in terms of a card that I've been buying as many as I can. I let it out on a recent episode. Uh, actually, but I'll let it out again. So Tony Hawk SI for kids. This is a PSA seven and um, I have more. Hey, find that interesting. Tony Hawk, eh? Tony Hawk. I think Tony Hawk is Tony Hawk is a bit of a, as Corey would call it a bit of a zag, but, um, I think it's a, it's a worthy one. I've had my eye on this card for about a year, even more than a year now. And I've started to pick them up, but I think that the, the the word is out, and there's more of them being snapped up. But 
I do think that this card has a a lot of room in it, and uh, I didn't. I know I wanted to get myself uh, stocked up, so I did, and great, I have more. Great card. And then, can I add? Yeah. Can I add on the on the Tony Hawk? Please. Because I've made the mistake myself. Uh, don't buy the 15 year anniversary one. SI released a 15 year, <laughs> and I got it in. I was really excited, and then I saw that and realized it's basically a reprint. They look the exact same, except this little logo down here. Uh, is different on the on the the anniversary issue, and of course it's from 2004, I believe, not 1990. So watch for that. But this is a card that was you know came in the magazine. It's got perforated edges. The biggest problem is the centering. Usually that logo is super low down on the card, like it is here, where you can see at the top you got all sorts of room between the top of this guy and the border. So always off center top to bottom but i do have a couple other i have an eight and a nine and they are much better centering and this is my first charizard my i have a couple more in this stack but this is my first one that's come up this is the uh the unlimited psa 9 so it's got the shadow on the edge where my thumb is and no uh no first edition stamp but i've never held one of these in hand so this is my right now is my first time holding one and i can you know i'm looking at it and on, on my first impression is I'm underwhelmed. I'm not as impressed with it as I thought I was going to be. It's not as the, the hollow aspect isn't quite as it's not popping as much as I thought it was gonna. But this this slab is also kind of uh, not very clean. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use my handy Scratch X 2.0 and clean this thing up and make make this slab shine. But there we go, Pokemon. It's the icon though. You've got the iconic art right there. So yeah, go. that's that's the first Charizard art, or well, the first nine, the first base art, right? Non-Japanese major, major TCG. Yeah, first ninety-nine. Yeah, art, yep. It it is it's pretty cool, but I don't. I'm not as impressed as I was hoping to be, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It really, you know, it's okay. Um, I'll live with it because I bought these cards in July, so I'm I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. And now for the Good last timing. bundle. Here we go. I see a baseball card on the back. So first up, another Sub-Zero Gold, Sidney Crosby from 1920. I numbered out of eight. The numbering is right here by my finger, but it's tough to... Oh, there you go. Anyway, Sidney Crosby. Next up, oh, I love these essential credentials. 2008 essential credentials. Joe Thornton, numbered out of 19. Joe Thornton is, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. He just got, he just signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs, trying to win a cup. I think we went to the wrong place for that, but good luck to Joe. Really cool card. I love those. I also picked up back to these molten metal fusion cards. I picked up a Derek Jeter out of this is numbered out of 500. Oh. The blue looks nice. That's great. Very yeah. nice. Super cool What's card. What's the blue number out of? Oh. 500. Okay. So it's a it's a big number. This is 307 of 500, and it's a PSA 8. And these are, I mean, great. I can't find them, right? I don't know the pop, but I know that I haven't seen many more of these since I snagged that guy. I, I find some of these high numbers of 500, of 5,000 even from the 90s, they don't actually show up very often. Um, yeah. The pops can be really low, and you don't even see them raw that much. So um, it doesn't necessarily mean there's 500 of them floating around. 
Right. The pops are actually misleading because a lot of those, a lot of those cards um, weren't thought of as much back in the day. So they could easily be sitting in binders unknown or they got thrown out with, you know, when mothers cleaned out attics and basements and kids' bedrooms. They just, I don't, they weren't as important then as they are now. I picked up a 1996 Bowman's Best uh, Shaquille O'Neal Atomic Refractor. It's a PSA 9 and I, you know, I like, I collect Shaq, but also... Um, I have the Michael Jordan in this card, and I thought it would be nice to pair it with a Shaquille O'Neal. So these and these atomic refractors are really awesome. Those are yeah. sweet. Thanks, man. I'm gonna take a second just look at some of the comments that we've missed. A bunch of nice one, even better. Wait, wait till they do the Kobe documentary. Yep, foul ball. Thanks. You're at least I'm glad somebody wants to see this. Uh, thanks, Eric. I finally broke broke down and bought an Mbappe prism. Good for you, Joe. That, that's cool hawk card i like it thanks eric tony hawk is a legend no doubt but he's no rodney mullen who i don't know who that is uh joe went to toronto do you know who rodney mullen is ralph yeah he's he he's like pretty much the legend he's like pretty much on the same pedestal as tony hawk he's just he's just more of like a flat ground legend so like tony hawk is the vert legend so like half pipes and so forth he's more of like um the street legend so he he does, his balance is just impeccable. Like when you get some time, just look on YouTube, okay. and you'll be amazed by Rodney Mullen. Like he he invented the kickflip. He invented so many of these flip tricks that like today people are using the fundamentals, and they're designing, they're making their own tricks out of it. So he he's pretty much a a, a well known pioneer in the skateboarding industry. Well, that's cool. Eric says Rodney is the freestyle legend, and he he confirms what you're saying exactly. He created most of the tricks people do and evolved tricks from, which you were just saying. So there we go. Okay, next up is one of my – it's such an awesome card. Um, I'll just show it. It's a 2012-13 FLIR Retro EX 2001 Essential Credentials Future Wayne Gretzky out of 34 in a BGS 9.5 holder. Look at the color on that thing, like the pink, the different shades of pink. And I will admit, I have two copies of this card in BGS 9.5. I just think it's an amazing, amazing card. Super, super undervalued. Like I bought one at the National in 2019 for like $125. And I, I thought I stole it at that. I don't, I forget what I paid for this. It's a bit more, but not much more. I don't think I paid 200 bucks for this card. And I mean... I wouldn't sell it for a thousand, so I think it's super, super under undervalued. You get those cards where you buy one and you think, if I see that again, I'm buying another. Isn't that right? Yeah, just like it. I just like it so much. This is a card I bought without knowing anything about it, except that it came out of the '97 Metal Universe set. It's the Metal Universe Championship Trophy Shaquille O'Neal in a BGS 9.5 holder. And I don't, I haven't even looked at it. I don't even know what this is. Like, is it embossed? Yeah, it's got some embossing on it. Um, I got to look at it closer, but it's got the nice metal logo right there for the set. Pretty cool card. Oh, yeah. Wicked. Yeah. Uh, I'll look at it closer, make sure I, I like it enough to make sure I want to keep it permanently. Here. Oh, the Charizard looks a little bit better in this holder in terms of the, the hollow effect. But here's two more. So I bought three of these one day. And here's the other two. So, yeah, bought these simply as investment. And um, again, I bought them at the end of July. So they've gone up quite a bit. I think they've settled back down a little bit since then. But 
I'm still uh, kind of way ahead if you just look at when I bought them. And here, you guys will check this out. I think this will be cool. So I told you that I'm into the Tony Hawk card, right? I think that's a big card. Four more. Not four more. So I bought a, a guy had a lot. He had two listings on eBay. He had, he had a listing with this PSA 8. So I grabbed the 8. And then he had another listing with a 4, a 6, and a 7. And I thought, yeah, I'll take them all. So, And they were all in one listing. So, yeah, picked up those as well. So, yes, I am. Yeah, Joe, I do collect Shaquille. He's like, he's kind of my, you know, I actually enjoyed him more than Jordan as a in the 90s. Not in terms of watching, but as, as an all-around person and character. And so I collect him. Here's another one. This is... This is a wicked card. The Hot Shots in a PSA oh, 10. I have the Jordan in a PSA 10. So pair the Shaquille and the Jordan up again, uh, together again. Pretty cool. And one of my favorite cards. I just think that these are so nice to look at. The colors are so bright and vibrant. Just a great card. Mm -hmm. And with yeah, all those points to get it in a 10, that's great. Yeah, really tough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then this card, so... There's a there's a YouTube channel called the Essential Credentials, and they did this. Um, they did the the guy who runs it. He brought in a panel with him of like four other guys, and they did a a whole bracket system, almost like a March Madness bracket system of the top baseball inserts of the '90s, and they did it in two parts. And I I saw I haven't seen the second part yet, which came out a couple of weeks ago, but I saw the first part and I was watching it. And there's this one card that I was already watching a couple copies on eBay. And uh, and as I was watching the video, I'm like, oh, that card that I already have on my watch list is in the running for them as the the nicest, the best, most important, whatever you want to call it, insert of the 90s. And it actually won the one side of the bracket. I don't know what happened in the finals, if it won in terms of these guys. But when it won, I'm like, damn, I, again, here I am identifying something I don't know much about, but really liking it. And then I'm my thoughts are being affirmed by this panel of five 90s baseball insert experts. Anyway, without without further ado, and it's similar, you know, and Joe says, wow, hot shots pop. Yes, they do. Well, this is the card. The player is undeniably worthy, being Ken Griffey Jr. It's the 1994 Flair hot gloves of Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, yeah. Sweet. So I had, I, had a, I had a couple on my watch list, and I think they got, like, they got swiped up. Someone, someone bought them. So they were, they were, they ended up unsold. But I went back to eBay and I found this copy. The guy was asking like two seventy five for it, and I made an offer of two hundred, and he accepted. And here it is. So for me, you know, two hundred bucks is a, a very fair and reasonable price for a card that might be one of the coolest inserts of the '90s for baseball. Of, you know probably the most iconic player of the 90s you know between him and jeter a rod maybe right but mm -hmm. it's also with him on seattle which is was important to me i want him on seattle on any card i have of his so and the backs even got a different picture really cool oh, wow mm. that's cool yeah i'll show it again sorry but that's it guys this that, that is the mail day i've been waiting for lots of uh Lots of assortment, different sports, different genres, uh, different eras, and now I get the now 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 is when the fun begins, right? Where you get to uh, clean them up, scan them, label them, 
right? Package them properly, put them in clean holders, that sort of thing. Like I bought these cards probably going back as far as May. And, you know, it's fun when you buy them and then it's fun when you wait for them to come. But I had to wait a really long time because I let these bundle up before I get them shipped up. So there's my mail day. Do you, do you guys, is it worthy of a, uh, of a separate video just showing cards? excuse me, just showing cards and maybe not a live one, but just a, a video of itself. I've never done a mail day video, but people do them all the time. So you think it would, I mean, the, I guess the cards are there, right? There's cool cards. So. Yeah. You can, do sure. like own, you can do your own video or like, even like how you did it now, it's perfect. You don't need that much time, right. To, to yeah. show your mail day. Right. So yeah. I think it's perfect even on, a, on an after hours just to show what you had. Um, I, I wanted just to ask something that I tried to ask a bit before, but we were getting too uh, excited to see what you had to uh, to show us. Um, I just had a quick question. Hopefully maybe one of you two may know. So when, you know how, when people submit, uh, let's enter PSA and they get back a nine and they want to try for a 10 and they open up, they crack the nine and then they resubmit it. So does that affect the pop count? Because they just sent the same card in again and then it hit, the same grade let's just say i mean if you pop it out yeah that that population report will be artificially higher than it really is and that's that's something that people need to i don't think people understand this uh but that's something people need to understand across all populations that there's very few that are actually correct very few right and imagine if you imagine this imagine you have a, a pop one card a p it's psa 9 pop one no tens and you want to shoot for a 10 so you take it out and you send it in and it comes back at it comes back at 10 let's say well now the population says that there's one 10 and one nine when in fact there's no nines there's one 10 or reverse that you know well you're never going to pop out a 10 to get a regraded so it might not be worth reversing but you know pop reports are they need to be taken with a grain of salt not because not because there's anything devious going on but because of the resub the resub game is is rampant so pops are are not accurate at all they just aren't but i think they're a good guide and they give you a general idea so when we say there's 120 psa 10 first edition charizards there probably are but the psa 9 number is probably over inflated because of the times it's been popped out and you know people mm -hmm. have been submitting for a 10. especially bgs 9.5s that's a common cross target so yeah those can really be inflated um i was gonna say as far as the show goes i and the um mail day showing off like if you do it here on the show and then you should also go on instagram the next day and do a live there walk through your cards and talk about your next guest at the same time i think it could be a good back and forth ecosystem that way ah, that's a good idea yeah i've had i've had some good so i've had some people give me some really good suggestions on how to better uh promote the show and it, it, it all entails more work, more time. And yeah. while, I, while I would love to, and that's probably one of the reasons why my, my subscribership is, is so low compared to some of the other channels. Well, two reasons. Number one, my episodes are way longer, so it's harder to get subscribers and viewers that way. But the second thing is that I just don't have the time to promote it. I do know after no post-production work. And if I did, it, you know, I'm sure I could blow up the subscriber count a, a bit higher, but... Um, in due course, perhaps. One more it's a time. high quality show, and I and I've seen 
now being a guest, how much work you put into even the preparations for the show. So it, it shows why the show shines. Um, Thanks, man. Thank yeah. you. I, I, I appreciate that. Chris says, yeah, people will watch for sure. Eric never thought about that being the, the pop, the population thing. Yeah, you got to keep that in mind. The pops are really guides as best, just like price guides in the old days. You know, there's a range, right? There's a range. It's like the population is up to 564, but it's not 564. Whereas the, the original Beckett's, there was a high and a low, right? Everyone always went off the high. Sellers always, the books for 100. No, it books for 60 to 100. It depends. Regionality is a big thing. So anyway, I'm just drawing that parallel in my head. Yeah, yeah so thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, you know, humoring me with, with that, with letting me go through that, guys. I appreciate it. No what else? Anything else on your minds? We're, we're at an hour and five minutes already. I was going to say, like, how, uh, how, Corey, how Corey was just saying before, like, on how, how your show, on how it's, how it's ramping up on a, on a good level. And it's good that you make it very diverse and try and bring different perspectives onto the table to get more audience. You're not just focusing just on one thing. You're focusing on many other things, especially like when you do the, like the collector perspective episodes and you get that individual that has a crazy PC. Yeah. Everyone loves to showcase. Everyone loves to see other people's personal collections because even on Instagram, you still don't see everything. People just put on what they like, but you don't see all the nice stuff. Yeah. And that's what people love to see. Like I remember when you go to card shows, you just look at, you just look at the, the booths and you're just like, Oh my God, I've never seen this. I've never seen this before. Like, and it never leaves it, it just gets like burned into your brain and you never forget the look of that specific that specific cardboard right it's crazy yeah and it's like karn said on the first episode tonight where he said that you know his uh tops chrome pokemon cards he's never shown them on instagram because he just you know didn't want to or whatever but those would interest me because they're meant for the collector uh not the game player right and to me just like uh, Corey, you showed, um, you showed one of your uh, was it a top card? I don't know if it was a top scroll, but you showed a card earlier on tonight that was just meant for collecting the set, not to play with. Can I? Can you show that again? I'm curious what the back looked like on that particular card. If you have it next, was to it? Somewhere. I think it was the 1999 tops. That was actually yeah. the same card he was Ooh. talking about. 1999 Ops Pokemon TV show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it has a rainbow. This is a rainbow finish on it. So they, like Karn said, there's a variety of parallels, techno, and then here's the back. And so these were the cards that, you know, weren't as popular. But I think now as people look back at them, they're realizing there are some interesting chases. And having held this one in hand now, it's it's a pretty cool card. Um, but I would, I think Jeremy, you know, and, and uh, Ralph, you know, saying, People love to see the cool cards. I also hope people show the cards they just love. Because today I posted an Alan Page card. It was a dollar. It was a dollar bin card that I bought. But, you know, I, I, I really like Alan Page. I didn't have uh, his PSA graded slab that I have, you know, off in my, in my vault. But um, I wanted to show a card today, and that's the one that I had. And you know what? Attach a cool story to any card that you have. And I think it can resonate with people. And at times I sometimes like to collect cards that maybe somebody can find a better version of. I have the eight or the nine, or I have the not not ideal parallel, but it's something interesting. It creates conversation and it allows people to say, you know what, I'm gonna explore that path and find a, a cool card and get one even better than, than Yam or Corey. 
and then we can talk about it. And I love it when people, you know, I inspire somebody and they get an even better card than I have. Yeah, no, that, that's, that, that makes sense, man. Um, I'm looking at the Charizard again and I'm catching it in a, in a different light. And now I'm seeing the hollow effect and it is mm -hmm. quite awesome. I'm, it's, it's a three, it, I'm seeing the 3D-ness of it. He's like, when I, it's going to be so hard to show it on here with, but those, those, there you can sort of see those stars, those shiny stars. It's when you look at it in person from a different angle, they move and there's depth to it. So it's actually, uh, you got to catch these in the right light. Very nice. I don't know if this one is showing off at all, but this is the Japanese yeah. 10. You can see the sparkles, but you need to get yeah. the right angle to really, to really see the depth of it. It's almost 3D. Totally. Yeah, it's that depth that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's 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 cool. So I like yeah, it. I like it more the... than I did. I like it more than I did half an hour ago. Now. <laughs> Congrats yeah. on the Zards, Jeremy. Welcome yeah. to the club. Thank you, man. Yeah, here, I got my I got the three of them. My 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 threesome of, of Zards. The three and, amigos. Yeah, and then there was the uh, the newer one that I picked up too. To where'd that guy go? Uh, got my I got my stack of uh, Tony Hawks, but then there's this guy here, which is a pretty cool looking card. Yeah. Now I get to scan them and enjoy them all. Well, that's only a couple more. What's that? I said, congrats again on the Charizard. For sure. uh, thanks, man. Thank you. There are Chrome refractors too. Some of yeah, them use the same foil as 97, 98, be a player prismatic autographs. Interesting, interesting. What were you got? Were you going to say something there, Core? Yeah, I was just going to say there there were the Topps Chrome refractor style cards of of the uh, the old Pokemon cards. But... Yep, yeah. Rich says, Jerry, you've taken your first step into a larger world, the Pokemon world. I have. First step, first step. I have my first cards in hand for the first time, so that's pretty cool. All right, uh, here, I got three more cards I can show you guys that came in the mail this week that were part of a separate thing. Two Crosbys and a Stamkos. Steven Stamkos, this is a, uh, a um, it's from the Fleer Showcase Skybox Premium Sparkling Diamonds. This is numbered out of five. And it's like 50 bucks or something. I just said, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Stamkos is a superstar, you know? Won the cup this year, even though he only played like a period, but he scored a goal in that period. And then two, so again, another one of those cup cards, the Sidney Crosby. This was, I got this off uh, Facebook. Someone pointed me to it and uh, did a deal with the guy. So that's a nice three-color Crosby, numbered out of eight from the cup. And then this is another Facebook pickup. This is the Sidney Crosby Golden Treasures, one of one. So yeah, cool. Really cool. I like the numbering on the back too, the way they script it with the one of one. Probably Classic. the coolest golden treasures I have so far. And then this I got locally the other day. Just a Wayne Gretzky raw rookie card. Off center guy. It's not probably gonna be a three or a four if and when I get it graded, but I just bought this uh locally off a guy who reached out. There you go. You're all up to speed on my my new cards. Well, this was fun, guys. Thanks for uh joining me. Uh and uh, you know humoring me as i go through the, the cards and to everyone viewing thanks to you guys too this was a very relaxing after hours uh, after a 
pretty intense uh, sports cards live earlier tonight with uh, Corey and and uh, and Karn. Thank you, Legion. Always such a gracious uh, viewer. I appreciate that. But guys, unless you have anything else, I mean, it's late. Later, it's 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 uh, what is it? It's almost two o'clock where you are, Ralph. It's almost one o'clock where you are, Corey. Yeah, it's uh, that was great. It was great to hang out. Yeah, you were on all you were on all three hours tonight, Corey. So thank you for thanks for joining, man. It's been it's been nice getting to know you, Ralph. I, I know you already. We hang out. We do the odd FaceTime uh, FaceTime dates where we hang out and you educate me on Pokemon. So I appreciate that. Final yeah, comments. No, you, go ahead. I just wanted to ask just one uh, one thing, maybe uh, Corey. What are your thoughts on Digimon? Do you collect that at all? Because I have a few. I have a few sitting around, and I know there's not a big hype over it. But like, <laughs> what are your thoughts? So my on understanding, it? It, there's a new Digimon release coming out, and it it's one of those where a lot of people sort of kid around about it right now as a lesser Pokemon of sorts. So, you know, it's a different show, of course. But uh, I personally am not pursuing it. Um, and I, I have to say, I know that there's only, I've only talked to a couple of people who are, but that's all it takes. And if it gets cool again, who knows? But um, as of right now, I, I haven't uh, thought enough of it to pursue it. Would you what like it? it? No, like, I, I, grew, I grew up, I saw it on TV. It was a great show. It was a great show. It was, uh, they got funny names, because every every character that they make, uh, it ends in Mon, right? The the last three letters is spells Mon, so it's kind of funny how they how they name each of the each of the characters, but it makes sense because it relates to the show Digimon, right? But yeah, the show was show was good, um, card wise. I never understood how to play the game because you could play it, I didn't know how. So I just collected it just because it looked cool, because I liked it. Not saying, at least you had the, is... at least you had the Pokemon background to recognize that that it was cool, sort of thing. Go ahead, Corey. Sorry. Oh, Ralph, is the chase the black metal Greymon? Is that right? Is it, that's what I've heard is a big card, the black Greymon or the black metal Greymon? Yeah, they have like, uh, yeah, they have like, uh, yeah, metal metal Greymon. Yeah, and then um, they have like some newer ones too. They have like Imperial Dramon. And two different modes, and then they have like the classics like Metal Edamon, and those can be found in first editions too. So, hey, the first edition game might be getting hot, right? It's yeah. Going for Pokemon, why not Digimon, right? But hey, that's just a food for thought. Stay ahead, stay ahead of it. Look what Chris says: Digimon was viewed as a knockoff ripoff of Pokemon when I was yep. a kid. Makes that's sense right. to me. Yep. The GoBots to the Transformers is how yeah. I saw it from when I was a kid. But that's right. Yeah, since it's Halloween, I thought I'd show one of these Harry Potter boxes. Ooh. They're just they have that great oh and a full moon Halloween tonight too. Look at that uh, gorgeous art. If I can get it out of the light there, so you've got uh -huh. Hogwarts Castle. You've got the kids. I just think uh, owning some of these on the art alone is pretty cool. And uh, you can even pick up one of these like Quidditch Cup kind of boxes for. 40 50 bucks a piece so it's it's a fun little memorabilia i don't know if it'll go anywhere but they are pretty cool alternative tcgs i think it's a i think it's a worthy zag Corey, a worthy zag right yeah, for the amount exactly. of money you're putting out just in case but at the end of the day even if they're not worth anything they are cool show pieces i like i like looking at them just there so cool stuff 
Well, all right, guys. Thanks for joining tonight. This was fun. Thanks for humoring me again with my show and tell. Um, Corey, thanks for three hours of your time this evening. Um, and Ralph, thanks for staying up late to join us. So unless anyone has anything else, uh, that's it. Oh, Chris, last comment from Chris. Wizards of the Coast did some of the World of Warcraft TCG stuff too. Some of those, some of those loot cards are worth decent money. Ah, so there's no shortage, no shortage of uh, of of subject matter and topics and products and sets and games for us to collect never mind sports as well so we're going to go back to sports cards we're uh, moving forward here mostly on, on this show but uh it was halloween so we did some pokemon stuff and that was fun I, I i do like to learn more and help spread some of the knowledge among us sports card guys who are just dabbling and trying to learn it from the ground up so guys thanks Wait right there quickly. I'm going to end this. Everybody watching, thanks for joining us tonight. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. My guest is a professional NHL scout named Richard Pollock, who works for the Florida Panthers. Happens to be my first cousin, so that'll be fun. We're going to talk about what to look for in players when you're prospecting and that kind of thing, among whatever else we get to. And then next Saturday is the... Actually, let me just throw it up here quickly. Next Saturday is Scott Greenberg, the I believe the CEO of Starstock, which I still need to learn about. And then we got Barry Mockham. There's two holes in there. There's two holes in the calendar because uh, I've got some uh, professional training happening, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do some episodes, but I'll talk about that more later on upcoming shows before I take a week off of Sports Cards Live. Rich, great, great to have you with us as well, Rich. We'll get you on an episode of After Hours one of these weeks ahead. Everybody else, thank you so much, and uh, good night. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.